Thanks for listening to the Stimulate Run podcast. If you like what you hear, remember to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. If you would like to get in touch or have future guest suggestions, please make contact via email or slide into DMs on any of the social channels. Here's your host, Erwin, with this episode's guest. The coast. Welcome, everybody. So this series is built around four runners, and we're going to follow their journeys towards Gold Coast Marathon and Bimber Lake. Um, fingers crossed everybody can get to where they need to go. But the four <laughs> runners are, so we'll have myself, we'll have Guy. Hi, Guy. Hey, everybody. I'm Julia. Hello. Hi. And Darwood. So Julia, How are you guys? myself... Julia, myself, and um, Guy will do Gold Coast. We'll aim to do Gold Coast. And Darwood is going to have a crack at marathon number one for him at Bimber Lake. So as we did with Laps of the Lake and we do, well, with now the longest ever road to Comrades, the aim is to follow the runners towards those um, events and we'll catch up monthly on this series. And then maybe in the last month, we'll do a couple, one just before race day as we did with Laps of the Lake. But good to have you with us out there listening. Feel free to shoot some questions through on the different social media uh, platforms and we'll chuck them onto the next episode. So, Darwood, do you want to get us rolling on, I suppose, to introduce yourself and what you've been doing recently and how you made the decision to do Bribber Lake? Yeah. Hi, hi guys. Um, well, I did. My first race was obviously the half marathon at Bebra Lake last year for laps of the lake. Um, I really, really enjoyed it, the atmosphere and the day and just the sense of camaraderie with all the people afterwards. It was really good. And uh, I sort of dare to say that the running bug probably bit me that day. Um, And I've been doing a, I think I've been doing a ride in my training. And since Bebra Lake, I did uh, three mantle half. Did an eight-minute eight PB in Fremantle, which was which was really, really nice. And then, um, yeah, I've been building up slowly but surely. Uh, meant to do Bustleton this morning, but that's obviously fallen by the wayside, which I was a bit gutted about. So I thought, you know what? Bebra Lake, seeing it was my first race, a bit of sentimental attachment to the venue. And I thought, you know what? Why not try the full marathon there? So, um that's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm gearing up for. Um, and that's what we're building towards. That's pretty much it. Um, my goals for the race is plan A, is survive it and finish it. Um, <laughs> once I get past that, I'll start looking at times and other goals. But for the time being, it's survive it and finish it. And try and have as much fun as possible on the day, really. Um, and you, um, you've learned a fair bit as well, right? Like, even at Bibra Lake, you learned that you have to. You started pretty conservatively, and even where you stood, you stood right at the back, um, and that almost cost you. But rightfully so, it was your first race, and then getting to Fremantle, you knew you almost in a half. You have to just give it a go. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely worth. Bebra Lake starting, I was third guy from the back, is not the best place to be, but it, it eased me into the race and it was good. At Fremantle, I was probably almost a bit too aggressive, and by the time I realised, oh geez, the wheels are coming off, I was 10 or 12 k's in, and it was just hang on for dear life and see where you can go, but yeah, over the, since Bebra Lake, I've definitely the most important thing is probably that I've learned is just how to look after my body. Um, at Bebra Lake, my easy runs was 5 minute 45 k's and my fast runs was 5 minute 30 k's, which is just, I was just too hard on my body and I almost broke down three weeks before the race, whereas now I've definitely learned what my body can cope with, work workload-wise for the running and the rest and the stuff and I'm yeah I'm definitely starting to almost bear the fruits of just listening to my body if the body says listen you need a rest or take it easy instead of just trying to do the typical thing and push through it um, I've definitely learned 
that's probably the biggest learning so far for me since February Lake last year. It's just what my body can do and know when to say, you know what, mate, just give it a day, give it a couple of days and refresh and go again. And also learning what the different sessions require as well. Like you've been pretty good with that. Even getting to the long run and knowing that just either get through it or if you can pick it up in the middle sections, that's been pretty good to see because you've come from a sport where running was a byproduct and actually yeah. learning how to run almost again. Um, yeah, pretty has been pretty good to see. Yeah, and I think just listening to a lot of podcasts um, and just realizing the importance of an easy run is meant to be an easy run. Put your ego in your back pocket and just slow it down and just it's a recovery run. It, it's not meant to be a fast run. And I think since actually learning about and appreciating the easy run and being able to dial it right down, it's really, really been beneficial. Um, and then, yeah, with this, this quality sessions, as we call it, that's, that's good. I really enjoy those. You get into it, you work really hard for 45 minutes or an hour, and then you enjoy a 20-minute cool down. It's, it's really been good. Um, just learning the finer arts and the finer skills of distance running, it's been, it's been an enjoyable couple of months. Um, it's been really good. Have you got a program uh, that you're going to follow for the marathon or are you just going to make up your own program? No, no, no. I've, I've got um, Erwin has been giving me some advice along the way. Um, he's sort of helping me with the speed sessions and stuff. So I'm not sure exactly. I think at the moment we were just walking, working towards Bustleton this morning. I think we'll shift the focus now to the canning the canning half, okay. which will which will be part of my build up to to Beverly Lake. But yeah, we've got a plan. I'm not exactly sure when the the actual marathon plan will kick into place. Okay, um, but like you haven't got a is there like a 16 week program that you're going to follow, or you no, haven't? Do you know your sessions? <laughs> so I think just having a hit out still too, because he didn't really race after Frio. You. This I think there's still a massive gain, even in a half. Um, so this was going to have a hit out yesterday at Busso. would have been good to almost go right. Yeah. You, you had a almost an 18-week block of half marathon training. Yeah. Um, so giving it another four weeks of half marathon training to absolutely go hard and throw the kitchen sink at that half, I think okay. like, that's what you mentioned. Like, because otherwise yeah. you've done like a full 18- to 20-week block now. And then because you're also going to have a bit of a month off where you guys are going away, yeah. there's, it's, you're not going to almost move from that specificity. It's just going to yeah. go, oh, now we've got to throw it away. You can do a time trial, but like, we all know what they kind of mean in a way. Um, it'd be nice to get the rewards of a pure race. Yeah, I have to say I was gutted when I realized that you're not going to be able to go to Bustleton. Um, I really felt that this was my, this was going to be my opportunity to go, oh, maybe one forty-eight or something, which is for me is is really fast, and I've, I've done a lot of training for Bustleton, but um, yeah, all of that will now just go into into canning and then just building up to building up to Bibra Lake in July. Okay, and we do Bustleton in April twenty. I saw that's twenty fourth of April. No, I think I'm going to skip it because um, part of a team, we've entered the Margaret River Ultra. So ah, I, just, okay. I don't want to go down there two weekends in a row. Because no. Bustleton will be the 24th and then Margaret River is the 1st of May. And it's yes. just, I don't, I don't want to go down there two weeks in a row. Um, not just the traveling, but I just don't think. Even though Margaret River won't be a race, it's more for the event and more for the atmosphere and more for the camaraderie of doing a team, sort of a team exercise within an individual sport, really. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think I'll ski Bustleton now and it'll be Canning River or whatever. It's a Canning or Manning. I think it's a Canning River. And then Margaret River, a bit of a fun day out and then straight into Beber Lake. 
Cool. Yeah. So I look at like Strava's before. I think you've been doing like two hour long runs for the last like four or five weeks on yeah. the end of week. So you sit there and you go, in a way, like the distance is not going to be an issue for a half. It's just, yeah, the two, then the month gap, like I know you were worried about that. Like, yeah. You're gonna have sixteen or seventeen weeks build anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a good question. Yeah, I think, um, and we've slowly been building because I think last year if I managed a thirty-five to forty k week, I would have been, oh yeah, that was a big week. Whereas now I've done seventy k weeks for the last three weeks in a row, and I, it doesn't feel like I've been smashing myself either. It's been it's been good, so I think I've got a good base to start off now and just start building towards Burba Lake, really. Um, yeah, we'll see how we go, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know what the other two think, but, like, do you often look at somebody doing their first marathon and wish you did it that way? Like, I was looking at you even earlier and thinking, I w- like, hindsight's one of the things, I wish I approached my first marathon like you have, where, you know, Almost this time, or middle of last year, we were saying, okay, we're going to join uh, Laps of the Lake. You're going for a half. Whereas I was like, half marathon, marathon comrades in the space of, you know, six to nine months. And the first marathon absolutely crucified me, didn't enjoy it. But then I was like, oh, I'll move on. Whereas you're just going there with nothing to lose. You, there's no, you're not saying, I want to run a sub four, I want to run this. Um, and it, it can bang you up and you move on. Whereas I think we often go to a marathon with these massively high expectations and it almost really knocks us back. Like, I don't know what Guy and Jules think, but um, yeah, what do you guys think about that? Um, Jules, you, uh, you can go first. Oh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> under the bus. Yeah, go on. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people do go into a marathon, you know, with a specific, um, their first marathon with a specific goal time, which is, you know, it's a good thing to have goals, but I also think, you know, marathon is a, it's a long way and, um, you really need to respect the distance. So uh, I think it's better just going like, I'm just going to run it, try and enjoy it. Um, but if you put the training in, you know, you reap the reward. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think Darwin's going about it the right way. Definitely. Oh, thanks. Yeah. No, yeah, it's exciting no. to watch. Yep. Yeah, and I fully agree with both, both, um, with both you, Owen and Jules and, um, David, I think if I had my time over again, I think I'd probably be approaching my marathon the same way that you, you are. Um, I started my running, sort of journey going straight from doing nothing to having comrades as my end goal um and i did that all within six months so wow. ran my first half my first marathon and my first comrades within six months and it definitely um it took its toll you. absolutely uh. um i went into comrades with uh, yeah uh itb issues um had to have cortisone injections the weeks leading into oh. comrades so it was a and it kind of just turned me off running for a long time um so i wish i had done it differently um and done more of the approach that you're going with now i think you enjoy it more like the fact that you have strung together 20k saturdays for the last two months like you're not worried about that distance or, yeah that's a good base you know, yeah mm. Like, and and also, yeah, like I, I mean, like my, all... uh, the first marathon that I ran was the the Maritzburg Marathon in Peter Maritzburg, and I think that's probably the middle of February um, in South Africa, and I only started training early January. Um, oh. I decided that <laughs> I was going to do comrades. So I mean, rookie I era, absolutely, and um, but we survived, and uh, we had to tell the tales. It's still running now. Running now, yep. So nice. Yeah, so uh, I think it's. I think I'll. I'm going about it pretty good at the moment because by the time it comes around, I would have done three half or four half marathon distances. Oh, every race you learn something new. Every week of training, you pick up something 
something new. And uh, I think that the, probably the biggest thing I've done is I've actually gone and got a proper biofit done for runners and shoes and stuff. And it's, it's just made such a difference. You just pick up all these small little tools along the way and uh, make it a bit easier, which, is, which has been good. Cool. All right, Guy. Going to tell us what you've been up to and who you are? Yeah, so um, obviously, my name's Guy, and I grew up in South Africa. Um, Aaron, my wife, and I have been in Australia now going on five years. Um, we, Aaron's been more of the runner in our family, and I've just been the one doing the chasing. Um, but, but yeah, I'm really starting to enjoy my running. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I uh, went from basically doing nothing to comrades within six months in 2015 and that um, just absolutely broke me and never really focused on running as a um, as like having a goal or anything it was more of just being the recreational and uh, weekend warrior um, however from last year there's been a lot more um, um, focus from my side put into my running managed to get myself a coach in south africa who's been um who's been really really good and has helped me with a lot of um like trying to get my body into the right condition to be able to run a fairly quick marathon and um so that was last year was obviously a big focus of of trying to run a marathon again after not having run one for two years um, so there was a lot of work put into that and then this year the goal posts have changed a bit and we are um, um, now focusing on a specific time um, for, for the marathon and January for me has been as Erwin said earlier I did have a good festive season a good festive break um, although January I was averaging probably 50k weeks throughout January um, from February, I've been trying to pick that up and aim more around the 70 to 80k weeks. Although this last week um, was a bit of a disaster, just with regards to work, travel, and that. But I think I'm, from a fitness point of view, I'm in a good space and got a good base now to build leading into the Gold Coast Marathon on the 4th of July, which will be my A race um, for the year. And you are sharing time or are you keeping that up your sleeve? I'm happy to share it because I think uh, once it's out there, it um, makes you accountable to it. Um, so I'm going to be chasing a sub three for Gold Coast Marathon. Um, anything sub three at this stage would be perfect, but um, I'd like to see if I could try and run a age group time qualifier for one of the major six marathons. Um, whichever that may be, which is the closest one to a sub three marathon. So, <laughs> is that so? Oh. You you're no longer the second fastest in your house. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I'm only the second fastest in my household over thirty kilometers. Okay. Um, you know, and that was. I thought it was going to be a social th 30 kilometer at the GC 15 December, but obviously um, other people in the household had other ideas. And um, so I've got to claim back a couple of titles there. <laughs> right. But I think you're just as exciting also because you don't, like, you don't even know what the ceiling is, right? Like you've come back to running and even your time last year was impressive. So now going into this, another block of it, I think the way well, where I sit, you could get into those two somethings and then still go again. So I think, you know, your running has a massive potential too, as does everyone, like Jules and everyone else here. But like in terms of just even for you individually, you don't really have a boundary yet. And do you feel that as well? Um, yes, I do. Um, I think, you know, just going back to the marathon last year, having been, having put in a bit of quality work with a coach, um, you know, it did allow me to knock off the 45 minutes um, from my previous PB, um, you know, wow. it, and that was, I mean, it was, there was quite a lot of time between those two marathons, but it just showed that if there was a bit of focus and a bit of dedication put towards um, a specific program and a goal, 
and putting trust in the process that there was a um, um, sort of light at the end of the tunnel that you could chase. Um, so I was really happy with the outcome of last year's marathon, um, finishing in 3.11. And it, I now feel that if I'm able to to continue that sort of work, you know, I, I'm pretty confident to get into the into the sub three sort of category. And, you know, the next goal from there, I don't know what it will be, um, but I think it is um, definitely doable to be able to to improve on that time race after race. Um, any niggles guy sorry um. (laughs) nothing at the moment fortunately Um, yeah so last year I battled probably around June July I battled with a bit of tendonitis at the back of my knee Um, but I think with most tendonitis there's not much treatment you can do Um, and that's eventually just gone away Um, but yeah Fortunately, at the moment, there's no niggles. I mean, apart from if you've run a hard session, you know, but stiff the next day or two days afterwards, but it all just comes down to the recovery. So I've been quite fortunate in that in that aspect. Yeah, all good. Jules, you, you've pretty much been there, like where he is right now. Yeah, yeah. I ran 3.10 and then did 2.59. So I feel like we're um similar situation. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What were the biggest changes you made? Like, let's just say training. So, you know, program-wise, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but, like, training-wise, and even about you, the athlete, what did you change? Well, I didn't change anything. I just followed the program that my coach gave me, and I knocked out every single session that was on that um, training plan. It's just consistency, and you just have to keep building the base that you set. And, you know, it's just it's hard work. It's mm-hmm. and you know, there's no secret or uh, easy way. You just have to keep building and building. Yep. And I think it's, yeah, and, you know, mentally as well, it's just getting into, like, believing in yourself. Yep, definitely. And from, like, a from a mileage point of view, Jules, did you, like, was this a significant increase in your weekly mileage? Um, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I, yeah, the, when I did 259, my, um, mileage, you know, I was hitting, I think my biggest week was about 130 Ks, but I consistently, um, you know, I think I did about 10 weeks in a row of a hundred plus Ks each week. Um, yeah, so definitely, you know, my body responds well to the high mileage, but you know, you know, some people, you know, 160Ks is their high mileage. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the more you can do, the better if your body can hold up. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm hoping that um, just going through my program up until we've got a half marathon, um, I think it's towards the end of March. Um, and there's, yeah, there's definitely a big build-up towards a few hundred K plus weeks um, towards the back end of February and leading into March um, before the taper starts. Nice. And you're pretty clued in, like, even in terms of your nutrition and, the yeah, like Darwin mentioned, the recovery things as well. Yep. Yep. Um, so those are little things that are going to help you too. Like, you're not just going, oh, I'm going to run and become a better runner. No, um, absolutely. And, like, I mean, so, uh, look, I think – I think for anybody who's doing something like this, whether it be marathon running, whether it be um, triathlons, I, th- I think as much as you put into educating yourself around, like the recovery thing is what you would, obviously what you would get out. Um, and I mean, there are different things that you can do and it is quite a bit of an investment. Um, I think one of the, the biggest changes I've made since, um, since December is, um, uh, getting myself one of those aura rings, um, which is similar to a whoop strap. And it's just amazing that the, the data that you can get from that little device, um, through your sessions or your tracking, your recovery, your sleep and how to, and how everything links and plays into each other. Um, and I really enjoy that side of, of the, of this whole process is watching those sort of changes within your body that you can't see from an external point of view. 
Um, but you know, if you wake up in the morning and you're not feeling great, you can actually see what happened during the night to to try and educate yourself more. You know. Um, yeah. Cool. Jules. Hi. <laughs> Your turn now. Um, Can't hide anymore. My turn. Can't hide. All right. Um, well, I. What have I been doing? Well, I, three weeks ago, I ran the fifty um, k at the Australia Day Ultra, um, and I had a good race. I was really happy with how it um, panned out. So I had a really heavy um, uh, training period over December, January. Uh, yeah, November, December, January. Um, you know, probably I think I did my biggest mileage month ever for December, um, which um, was was good. I, I feel like it's given me a really good base leading into Gold Coast. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah. Gold Coast is my A race as well. Like um, same as Guy. I uh, yeah, I was going to do it last year, but um, as everyone knows, that didn't happen. Um, so uh, as soon as they announced the new uh, setup, so a six a.m. start, um, and the marathon's the only race on the Sunday. I was like, yeah, I'm in. That sounds really good. Um, I've done Gold Coast three times before, so I'm familiar with the course. Um, and the latest start does mean it does get warmer um, uh, at the back end. So it's nice that we're going to be starting at six. Um, and, yeah, goal, well, uh, running um, 259 at Bibra Lake, it gave me confidence in myself that I'm capable of more than what I thought I was. Uh, so uh, Gold Coast, I'm definitely going into it um, knowing that I've got the ability there and believing in myself. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at 250-something. Um, that something will be decided closer to race day, I think. Um, I'm very lucky I've got the world's best coach um, Tina, um, team Tina. And, um, yes, yeah, so she gives me my programs and I follow them basically. Um, and she's an absolute superstar. Couldn't, couldn't do it without her. Yeah. You, um, you do dial right in as well, which is always nice to see, I think. Um, but what's it been like finding a new ceiling now though? So you uh, took that 259 yeah. and now it's like, well, like, I think you also don't see your potential, um, which a lot of runners don't do. No. I, I mean, you know, I'm like I'm a single mum with two young girls. I fit my training in around, um, you know, kids and work and life. Um, and it's certainly a priority, but, you know, I'm just doing what I love. I don't, um, I don't see myself as a a great runner you know I'm a good runner I've broken three hours in a marathon that's I guess a pretty cool thing to do um but I'm excited um by what lies ahead like as I said I, I don't have any expectations on myself um and I get excited every time I knock out a pb or you know nail a really good um training session um but it's yeah, I feel like I'm in a good position. Yeah, I'd love to see Darwood's face right now when you called yourself. What did you say? Not a, a great runner as a sub three. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah I don't. You know, I'm surrounded by people that like have amazing times. I'm yeah. I just I just do what I love. That's and it's yeah. If it means yeah. a fast marathon, that's good. But that's also the good way to be, though, because you're always so grounded. You know, you can go and knock out an amazing session, but you turn up on Saturday and, you know, there's somebody quicker than you. That's You've got that reality check, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I don't, and, you know, I, I don't compare myself to anyone. So um, I do it for me, me only. Um, that's, yeah. It, yeah. I don't race, you know, to place or um you know run faster than someone 
um, I race to uh, push my body to what it's capable of and um, see I don't have any limits on myself basically. You know, I don't set any limits. If, if I can go out there and knock out, you know, an 18-minute 5K, well, that's fantastic. It, I never thought I'd be capable of it. So, you know, it, it's just, yeah, doing what I love. And then you did increase your mileage for the 50 and distances more, but do you think now that in the marathon build you'll add keep those doubles in that you added probably a couple of times a week? Or Yeah, yeah, um, I will. Yeah. So um, I, the only reason I said I'm a single mum to two young girls is that I have my kids a week each fortnight. Um, so the week that I have my kids, I have to be really savvy with my training and um, – it, you know, call in all the favours for people to help look after the kids so I can run. And it means a lower mileage week that week. So then the week I don't have my kids, I've got the luxury of doing double run days and um, higher mileage. So it balances out over the fortnight. Um, but it, it just means training looks a little different to what it has looked like for the previous decade where I could do consistent mileage weeks um so now we look at it over the fortnight instead of uh week by week and how did you how has your body reacted to those doubles like did you have to learn about them in a couple and almost get stung or did you know the paces to where you were safe straight away um yeah double run days yeah don't don't double run days unlock running goals is that what yeah, they say some say um, that, yeah some say yeah so I yeah it definitely um adds you know it's extra fatigue and you know Monday is usually a double run day for me and then I've got a speed session on Tuesday tempo on or midweek long run on Wednesday and tempo on the Thursday and so it means I go into that those three key days with heavy legs um, but it's just you know, getting your body accustomed to that and I think it's good if you can knock out your sessions on fatigued legs, then come race day when you're fresh, you're going to blow it out of the water. But, yeah, I, I, the double run day is um, <laughs> a lot of washing, but, no, it's good I, I think if you can do it and your body holds up. And I'm very, very lucky. Um, touch wood, my body holds up quite well. I mean, I pulled up with a bit of a sore calf after the 50K and um, – I was a bit like, oh, shit, this is not something I'm used to. So mm. it just meant having a few days, um, uh, borrow the coach's massage gun, um, you know, really looked after my body and then I was fine. So, yeah, yeah, the whole like listening to your body, like Darwood was saying, it's a good thing to do. And Jules, and, um, part, sorry, Owen. Yeah, okay. uh, part of, like, I mean, your, your fortnight, um, do you throw in like any cross training or um, gym work no. or strength work? No, actually, I was running with um, Jackie yesterday, and we were running around a lake where there was a PT session going on. With you know, they were doing weights, and I was like, "Oh, every training block, I'm like, I'm gonna do that. That, that that's me." And then, it never happens. Yeah. Um. So no, I I don't do any cross training. I just run. Um. I'm I'm lazy because I can put my runners on and go out the door. It's like brushing my teeth. Yep. But then doing anything else, I just don't prioritise it. I, you know, I, my foam roller sits in my lounge room and I, most of the time I just look at it. <laughs> That's the same as our household. Yeah. <laughs> Every but night I, you know, this week I've got mine out and put it on the floor. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to use that in this episode that we're watching on Netflix. And then the episode finishes. I'm like, oh, bedtime. Good intention. It's like my massage gun <laughs> is constantly on charge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I should. I should do some, like, you know, strength stuff and cross training. I should. Uh, that, yeah. I think we all should, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want, you know what? I want to go into Gold Coast the strongest and fittest I've ever been. Yep. So um, that's, you know, I, I'm, um, I'm all in. I, um, a big thing for me has been decreasing my alcohol intake. So oh, I'm yep. now, um, yeah, not last night, but um, I now have a rule, no drinking during the week. 
Yeah. Um, and that's, I'm determined to stick to that um, yeah. all the way up to July. Um, need to work on my weekends a little bit, but um, yeah, so I'm, um, I'm really, I'm all guns blazing with this one. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you, to be honest, Jules. Is, um, I mean, I do enjoy a beer and I enjoy some wine and the odd tequila yeah. every now and then. Yeah. And it has been like quite a big conscious decision that I've made where I'm like, okay, well, you know, 20 weeks out, it's time to, um, you know, not going cold turkey, but just no. watching, watching what I do leading up to the marathon. Yes. Um, and then possibly even with the mindset mindset of saying, okay, well, maybe six to eight weeks out, you know, maybe we can go cold turkey and just. Oh, okay. I don't <laughs> know. better than me. I'll see what happens. Uh, you know, you know what? There's nothing worse than a miserable runner. And I, like, I just don't see a need. I've had marathon training blocks where I've cut alcohol and chocolate mm. out and I've just been a, you know, a complete bitch because I've got nothing. <laughs> so I'm, um, yeah, moderation, moderation yep. and um, yeah. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with the odd glass of wine every now and again. Um, but I definitely, my alcohol intake was getting up there. So I, I have had to rein it in. Um, and, yeah, I've just, yeah, wait, two weeks now of no drinking during the week. I feel a lot better for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, the, the cold turkey one is, it goes both ways. Like, I've done it before. And then I get to the end of it every time and I go, but was I doing it for games or was it just the pure discipline side of it? Yeah, I, think, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, and I think it's always just been the discipline. But then, like, what did I – was I then miserable, like you said? And, you know, not that we're hanging out for it, but if you want a piece of chocolate or whatever, then just have it. And it yeah, actually makes you – Yeah, Yeah. Eat the fucking chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Like, yeah, it just – yeah, I think it just keeps, it keeps you more balanced than anything. Because then you're so focused and going, oh, I can't have this, I can't have that, and yeah, I've found even with also other makes sport, the process a lot more enjoyable. Eh? Well, exactly. we're not Olympic athletes. I mean, they yeah, drink I, more than anyone else anyway. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm sure. I look at Jack Rayner; he loves a beer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. I think sometimes the recce or the recreational athlete can also overcomplicate it. And yeah. that's when it gets to this point where it's not enjoyable and 20 weeks becomes such a grind. Um, no, it needs to be something that you can maintain. And, yeah, enjoyment. Jesus, life's way too short. Yeah, no. You got it, David? No, I was just thinking. It's like um, I try to go to cold turkey, just like eating and also drinking and stuff for Fremantle, but then – it impacts on the rest of the family, so they already <laughs> they already make more of these sacrifices. Quit getting the beer. Yeah, so like I just you know what you're already impacting the family by getting up at five o'clock anymore every morning. You missing out on family time on Saturdays for the long run, and then you come home and you're grumpy. No one wants to eat cake because <laughs> you can't have cake. So like, just moderation, because like it's just there's lots of other people sacrificing even though they're not doing the physical stuff, but you're impacting a lot of people when you're getting into a training block and just eat the bloody piece of cake or have a glass That's of wine. That's it. It's yeah, not... for sure. Yeah, it's... it becomes too extreme, right? Like, yeah. Because then you're going, like, you can't live this life of yo-yo extremes. And, yeah, I see it with food. Like, people go, oh, I'm not going to have chips tonight. Or you're going somewhere, I'm not going to have chips. Well, like, the chips are not going to be the difference. I can tell you that right now. Um, because how many calories are you going to blow in your long run anyway? Yes. Um, just enjoy it. Um, so, but like you said, moderation and yeah. So on that topic then, what is, what is everyone's thought around, um, like their diet or their eating and that? Um, yeah. well, I'm pretty bad. Like I take it as it comes. So yep. I won't, I don't do the, anything extreme and I fuel for what I need. So if mm. I've got a session that day then I, I know what I look my, at my day and what I need. So even on my way to the track or the speed, I'll have like an LCM or something that's going to give me some quick carbs. Yep. So, I, and if it's an easy recovery day, then I'll, we'll take it a lot easier nutritionally as well. So long run day today, I just, I don't even think about what I eat for the rest of the day because it's yep. all about rebuilding. So I'll go home, had like 
eggs on toast. I had lunch two hours later. And then, so I, I just don't really care about, even tonight, I'll probably have an ice cream. And it's almost that, okay, you've banked a week. Tomorrow we move on, we start again. Yep. Like, and because otherwise there's life to live as well. Like, I don't know, Sundays for me are, and it's not crazy, but I sit there and I go, yep, you're just going to have to refuel and get re- get the food back in that you've burnt over the last seven days. Um, so that's pretty much how I look at it. Um, yeah. Mm, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I pretty much eat the same thing every day. Like I'm a bit boring, but, um, yeah, I don't do anything fancy. I mean, I'm pescatarian, so I don't eat meat. So I do have to be mindful of my iron intake. That's a big thing for me. Um, and yeah, I try and get my iron tested regularly. I did have an infusion about 18 months ago. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm like, I like hot chips, I like burgers, I like pizza. I don't deprive myself of anything. Yeah. You probably eat better, right? Like, I find I eat so much better when I'm in a high volume of training um, because you just sit there and go, I need to get quality stuff in. Yeah. So, well, there's no point putting the training in if you're going to – like I, when I say I like pizza and burgers and whatnot, I, I like them but I don't eat them all the time. So I think if you're putting quality sessions you know, out there, you may as well fuel them appropriately. And so if you're eating shit all day, you know – a one glass of wine, a block of, a little thing of chocolate does not break the bank. So that's not counted. But I think, you know, you do need to put good nutrition into your body and you can feel the difference. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I see people I work with, like I'll, you know, my rule of thumb is normally have the like daily veggie intake and fruit. And I work with people in the fitness industry and I go, oh, what, what does your day look like? And they won't have like any fruit and veggies. And it's so extreme as well. And even breakfast and I like, you sit there and go, wow, it's so, so vast across the board. It um, is. So, yeah. What do what you do, you? Guy? Um, <laughs> so last year I actually tried to do a self-experiment where I went completely animal products only. Um, oh. So from January. Lucky South African. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So from January to June, I probably had, yeah, just meat, eggs, bacon, cheese. The only wow. sort of non-animal product that I ate was avocado, um, and it's probably the best I've felt um, with regards to my training, my recovery. Is that like a paleo kind of diet? Uh, more, more like carnivore-ish. Slash keto. Tim <laughs> he, Noakes he would puts, be loving that. He's Tim Noakes's fanboy. He puts butter yeah, in everything. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I cook everything in butter. Um, Maybe at your house. Yep. Cream in the tea, cream in the coffee. Um, and no, but and then probably come towards the end of the year, uh, it was just whatever was put in front of me would eat. Um, and now it's now it's one of those cases where. Monday to Friday, I try and eat um, pretty simply just meat, eggs, um, good fats. And then on the weekend, if we decide to go out for pizza, I'll have a pizza. If we have burgers, I'll have burgers. Like there's no sort of limit on what what I can and can't eat. Um, but it's just mindful of, of what I am eating dependent on what I'm doing the next day. Okay. So low Excellent. carbs, is that how it works? Yeah, low carbs, but yeah, very low carbs. Um, okay. Still, yeah. Have... So it's the Tim Noakes. What's the um? Is ba- it is it Banting? Banting, Banting. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but it's not it's not something that I follow strictly. Um, you know, if we go out for a midweek dinner somewhere with friends, I'll like I'll eat whatever's on the menu. It's not okay. a case of um, you know holding a gun to my head and saying, no, I can only have this or that. Um, and I just really enjoy eating like that. Like I enjoy eating meat. I enjoy eating eggs. Um, yeah. So you feel better with that, that kind of diet in your body? Yep. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. That's good. Good you found something that works for you. Yeah. And I mean, I still haven't, I don't think I've had a salad or a whole meal of veggies probably in since January last year. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, you don't have scurvy, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay. But I mean, if there is like, uh, if there is salad on offer, I'll have the odd piece of spinach or lettuce or rocket. Um, yeah. But it's not something that I would go for as my first choice. He's the guy that fishes out the avocado tools. Oh yeah, and then yeah, <laughs> leaves you with like leaves you with everything else that's there. Yeah, yeah. You just see like crumbs of it left. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's interesting how you even learn what you need. Like, um, we're lucky enough to get the veggie delivery from Tanya's dad every week, and we kind of take it for granted. Um, and then you sit there and you go, oh, I don't have tomatoes or anything, and you go. Yeah, you have these withdrawals when you're not eating that. And I've went through years where I was eating the same lunch for like two years because I was really trying to shed weight as quickly as possible. But doing that now, I could think of nothing worse than having minced and veggies every day for the next 12 months. Mm. Um, yeah. Even, yeah, it astounds me how many people don't even eat after their run. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm, well, I'm a bit guilty of that. Like I, I just kind of forget. Like I'm not, I'm not, um, yeah, that's probably my um, weakness. And I'm not big at fuel. I find I don't need a lot of fuel on the run. Um, yeah, like a pre-long run, I'll have a coffee and a banana, maybe a piece of toast if it's like a three-hour three, three hour long run. Um, but, yeah, afterwards I kind of sometimes I'm like, oh, crap, it's an hour later, I still haven't eaten anything. That's something mm. I need to work on actually. It's also like, I mean, very seldom we eat before a long run as well. Um, obviously, we take the gels on the run. Um, but, yeah, it's not often that I've eaten before a run, to be okay. honest. Do you think that's something you could experiment with? Like, do you, how do you go in your long runs? Do you, do you hit the wall or do uh, you feel actually, pretty good? I actually feel fine. Like, I mean, there's some of my long runs, especially like the 20 or 24 Ks, the last couple of Ks, I actually run quicker than what I've been doing in the four or five kilometers leading up to those ones. Um, okay. But I think it is something that I'd definitely like to experiment with, um, is seeing what I would feel like having something to eat. Um, because I did, I did it before, and they always say, don't try something on marathon day that you haven't, yeah, tried, you haven't tried on training. Right. And yeah. for my marathon last year, I ate before my marathon. And yeah, I've so... never done it before a long run. Oh. And I felt fine. Like, okay. fortunately, there was yeah. nothing that came back to bite me. But I'd like to see if I did that consistently, how how I'd feel on my long run. <laughs> Why yeah, don't you try, like, just... a quick release carb? Even, like, a Snickers, you know, you have it in the car on the way there. Like, um, or even an LCM bar. That's what I've been using okay. if I'm driving to a long run. I normally used to have, like, a piece of toast in the car or a banana. Yep. Um, and then nothing on the whole run. So very rarely will I use a gel on my long run unless I've got some kind of efforts in it. Um, otherwise, I just fuel up before it and then go through the whole. But try something like a quick-release carb, like a LCM or a Snickers. Okay. Um, they're pretty good. Awesome. Just made a note, Jess. I'll definitely give that a try. How are you, yeah. Darwin? Uh, What's your diet like, generally? Uh, Jeff, Eat pretty much what the family eats. You know how hard it is to keep two young kids to yeah. eat whatever you cook. So I pretty much just eat what the what the family eat. And then the days where they, I've got a big session, I'll make sure I take a bigger breakfast to have at work after my run, just to, to try and catch up on what I've lost during the race. But that's pretty much it. Eat whatever the family eats and hope for the best, hope it's enough. Um, and yeah, I've, I'm one of those people that'll eat anything. Um, the only thing that I don't eat is olives. Other than that, I'll, <laughs> I love okay. Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. I love me. I like. I love any. Like I'll eat anything. So um, I don't. No olives. I, no married olives. to a Greek, and you hate olives. Yeah, it's that's the hardest thing about married being married to a Greek. But um, oh. olives and everything. But um, no. I pretty much eat what the family eat and then on big effort days just make sure I take enough food to work to, to load up during the day and on race day for just a slice of toast and half a cup of coffee and 
And then I do all my runs without eating because I run every morning before work and I just can't be bothered making breakfast or making a slice of toast at 4.30 in the morning. So I run. That's, all... Again, that might be something you want to experiment with for your long runs. Mm. Yes. So at the moment, long runs, nothing. Have a run and then straight after I'll try and, try and fuel up. But um, yeah, it's probably something I should look at, especially now. I think the longer the long runs are going to become a bit longer. Um, yeah, I might try the. I've tried a banana once, and um, yeah, I'm not sure if I just left it too late. So I was pretty much still eating the banana when I pulled up, and banana peel in the bin. And the first five or seven k's was a bit of a struggle. I think banana. Yeah, just because I'm not used to eating that early in the morning. So mm. if I do do it, I probably should do it as soon as I wake up. Give Even half an hour before you start running is good. Yeah. So, but yeah, and then with the gels, I've only done it, I've only trialed them before races. So two or three weeks out from Bebra Lake on every long run, I would have a gel sort of where I thought I was going to have it in the in the – during the race, so 10Ks, 14Ks, whatever it was, I'll have a gel just to see how my body reacts to it because I've never really had any of those sorts of things. And, yeah, but that's about it, really. I think I'm pretty lucky that I can go without food and then just try and catch up afterwards. Um, And definitely I'm not a big carp carp loader. I know a lot of people, the old school forwards, just before long run on Friday, just carb load on the, the night before. I'm probably carb load three or four days before and then easy into the long run. Um, yeah, but I, that's probably one thing I haven't given any thought to is my diet, really. I'm pretty lucky, I think. Mm. Yeah, the carb thing is a bit of a myth um, as well. Like, yeah, but also do what works for you. Like I have a salad the night before a race because I don't want I want a decent sleep, so I don't want to go to bed heavy. Um, and yeah. I do salt. I do salt in the week of the marathon. Whereas I'm cutting carbs, and then I only reintroduce on the Thursday, Friday. So whatever works for some people. Some people look at that and go, "He's that's ridiculous." But yeah. I think you really have to do what works for you, and then just sell out to it. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to overcomplicate things because like you listen to a lot of running podcasts and you read a lot of books, and the one thing that's pretty evident in all of them is most people overcomplicate it. Yeah, it's just you don't have to overthink it and overcomplicate it. Just like you say, do what works for you. If it works for you during the week, there's no reason it shouldn't work for you over the weekend. Um. Yeah, so I try and just keep, especially eating, simple. It's hard enough getting the kids to eat what you want them to eat without trying to do something different than what the rest of the family is doing. So, we'll see. I'll probably have to think about it a bit more. A marathon, four and a half hours is a long time of running. Whereas up to now, I've only thought of him doing halves. Probably need to think about it a bit more. Um, mm. But yeah, but other than that, I just take it as it comes, really. Pretty laid back oh. in, that, in that sense. Is it my turn? Yep. Yes. You're up. So. Uh, yeah, we've had a, well, it's a bit of a change, really. So those that have known or listened before, I've pretty much just been self-directing and doing my own thing. But end of last year, I interviewed Todd Ingraham, and I was talking to him about if he's coaching aspirations and I don't know, I always knew it was at the back of my head where a time would come where I'd need a bit of guidance or some kind of consultancy. And just the way he answered the question really resonated with me and almost sat with me for about a month and a half, two months. And um, yeah, I just kind of took the plunge and uh, contacted his wife and basically said, Oh, you know, this is my idea. This is my thinking. Um, you know, if he's not, would you be interested in kind of helping out a bit? And the three of us sat down and basically, yeah, we made a, well, I made a commitment and jumped on board, um, with them, which is so far, it's been pretty good. And just to see how they put things together. And 
like Jules, you know, Tina, and I've known her for quite a while now and always admired her from a distance and how she works with her athletes. But I really liked how, I suppose, Todd wasn't coaching, but he was such a wealth of um, knowledge that was just sitting there and how he almost was passionate about it really sold me on the idea. So, yeah, and I, like I said, I knew that time was going to come where I'd need to, if I want to make extra gains, and that's what I've even learned the last two weeks, that I've been sitting in such a comfort zone that there's so much room to grow in this area. And I've always been somebody that um, I, don't, I don't just turn up and um, that's good enough and move away. And look, that's fine. If that's, but I've, I'm quite a competitive person and I want to get the best out of myself it could be anything. It could be playing cards or whatever it is. I'll, I'm competitive with it and I don't hide behind that. I'll put it out there. Um, and this is the way of doing it. You know, you're accountable to people and more so yourself. So, yeah, that's been really fun, to be honest. And the best example was I did my tempo last Saturday at five minutes a K. We warmed up at five minutes a K this Tuesday and Thursday. So the tempo became 4.30 within a week, um, whereas a month ago my tempo was sitting at 4.20, 4.25 because that was the comfort zone. So little things like that that have really unpacked the discovery area and we're still discovering, you know, today my long run I sat at 5.34s, whereas my long run two weeks ago was 5.56 minutes a K. And it's not overreaching, it's all within the zone, so the – like even my heart rate says that that's the right place to be. So I've really just loved this last two weeks of discovery. And I think even in terms of um, Gold Coast was always going to be my A race for the year, pretty much. I think I told Guy and Aaron as soon as we couldn't get anywhere else, I was like, Gold Coast, that's it, I'm on. So for me, that is it, like throwing the kitchen sink, selling out. But I know it could be a three-year thing. Whereas, you know, in three years' time, I'll, I want to be somewhere else and I've got those goals already. So, yeah, this 2021 for me is really going to be dialing in, selling out to a process, which I've never had a problem with. Like I can write my own program for 18 weeks and go into every session and get up at 4.30. But now that you've got even a squad, like I know Jules was there yesterday, Jackie was there, and they were doing their tempo but I was doing mine and you didn't want to, that gap, you didn't want that to get any bigger. And just that accountability where I've been doing my tempos alone and my track work alone, it's great to have that competitiveness around what you're trying to do. So, yeah, pretty excited as to where that um, will go. And that's, yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. My weeks, I've kept it pretty consistent, but probably this week will be an 80K week. I've moved my long runs to a Sunday so I can do three sessions as well where I was doing two I'll add in the midweek long run and yeah, it's just, it's continuing to build and every block will get bigger and bigger. The mileage is going to get bigger, but it's all safe. It's nothing outrageous. I'm not jumping from a 60K to 100K week in a week. Um, it's, it's just all guided, which is great. And yeah, really enjoying it and we just see where it goes. That's oh, me. welcome aboard on Team Tina. And Todd, team yeah. Tina and Todd. <laughs> so it's a good, it's a good crew. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I just think that they, I know where they come from, what how they go about things, and that's not to say anybody else doesn't go about it the same way. But yeah, just looking from the outside, I was when I wanted to make that commitment, I was ready to pull out. And just that conversation we had in the last year was like that last stamp to say. This is almost where I want to be. Yeah, so, it works well for you. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'll, so in terms of goals, um, yeah, go I wasn't going to mention, but, <laughs> yeah, like at, <laughs> at this stage I'll be working to a 3.30 um, nice. at Gold Coast. Awesome. So, you know, I, I already know initially, like there'll be people sitting there going, oh, geez, that's 20 minutes. But I knocked off 20 minutes in an eight-month period last year to Bibber Lake so in terms of reality I think it's there and even in terms of the paces that we've been running and setting I think they're achievable so yeah, 100%. And I, yeah and I think we spoke about it yesterday Jules where 
you just have to shut out the noise and you do what you've got to do and um, sell out to your goals. And that's what we do. We put a goal on the board and you just go and get it. So, yeah. 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 I was listening to a, um, a podcast this morning with Alexi um, Pappas. She's an um, awesome marathon runner. And she was saying that she puts her goal like she puts the goal out there, you know, beforehand and then you like, so you believe it, you, you, you know, it becomes your reality. And I think that's like, I think that's good. Put 330 out there and you keep telling yourself you can run a 330 marathon and you, you can and you will. Yeah. And I like, you, I throw the kitchen sink. So when I put something in, that's what it is. Like everything I'm doing goes to, and I don't really like to do a lot of races in between um because that is it and i know that we'll do a few just to see where we're at but it's not i'll do bunbury in 10 weeks but that's not the be all and end all it's we know that that's a 10-week block that's what we're looking towards but we're now jumping in and doing like a 20-week block for gold coast and that's how we'll we'll go about it but yeah and i also think you're training sorry go no carry on jules no no yeah I was going to say, um, I also think, you know, coming off the 2020 that you had, um, you know, you've, you've really built up a good base. Um, you've broken down barriers that you hadn't broken down before. And now you've got Tina and Todd that are just kind of fine tuning it and taking you to that next step. So I think it's, I think it's a good move on your part, to be honest. Um, and I think it's a very realistic goal for yourself. Mm. yeah um how's the training is it looking a lot different to when you were self like doing your own program or like you know how, how's it is it a big adjustment or um do you so find I, it's a good fit it's it's a really good fit because i think i was doing a lot of unnecessary things and you know, even my session so it's a 20 minute or 15 minute warm-up the work and then 20 minute cool down so it's still under 10k session but it's not it's really working you know like we're doing four minute efforts and you're going bloody hard and this week we've got 10 400s and we're going to be going flat out whereas i would have been going to do them at a comfortable pace previously and going oh tick the session off and what did i actually walk away with so they've really stripped back the sessions and gone well at the moment we're trying to get fast and we got to build that endurance. So instead of before, I'd write this plan and I wouldn't actually reflect and go, what am I trying to achieve in that six weeks? What am I trying to achieve in that six weeks? And I think it's actually helped me more even like say with Darwin. So when he's come to me for some advice and help and I've, now I can sit there and go, oh, that's why I said that to him. So I've learned so much more even about myself in that aspect. Um, so, yeah, I think all round it's made me, A, a better athlete, um, but then I've understood the specificity of what I'm doing more so as well, even when people are talking to me about it. Um, and we were talking about this at home the other day where, you know, the running coaching world is so flooded. Um, but just because you went and spent six hours at a course doesn't, what does that mean? Um, you know, like, then that's a story for another day, but it's it's giving me more of an arsenal where I'm understanding the full process here and having like Tina's come to two set or two weeks with me and we've gone through it. And I know she's not going to be there forever where I'm going to have to go and pull my big boy pants up, as Jackie calls it. But at the moment, we're breaking down barriers really quickly and then she's going to go, okay, now you need to go and do it alone. So in terms of load, I know it's still... Like we're probably going to even throw doubles in, maybe on those um, Monday and Wednesdays, Jules, as well, just to get the mileage up. But they're, yeah. like I know Todd even said to me last week, he goes, well, any monkey can go jog. But if you turn up to the session and you're not ready to put in, like, well, then what was the point? So it's things like that. Whereas previously, I would have just gone to jog in the morning, turn up to the session, probably half-baked, and wouldn't have got everything out of it. And then it was pointless. So it's just having that, I don't know, somebody on your shoulder to say, just remember, you better turn up on Thursday afternoon and you better be ready to go. Because if you're not, yeah. then what was the point of going out and doing 30 minutes this morning? Um, okay. Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah, and it's a long time, like even between now and July, a long time. But yeah, it'll be nice to just see. And we've already seen things ticking over, like the tempo yesterday. I almost sat there at the end, I think I said to you guys and gone, oh, that's a bit of a scary good thing now because last week I did a five minutes K was so comfortable. Yesterday I was at 4.30s and I wasn't broken. So now where could it even go from there? Yeah, it's exciting. And are you like me? So if Gold Coast, if COVID foils our plan, um, Bibra Lake, is that the? Yeah. 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 We'll fall yeah thanks, back Chris, and... for putting yeah. that on two weeks later. So yeah. that works out perfectly for us. We'll just jump yeah. straight in and it's still the A race. So. Yeah, there will be a marathon in July. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, so, yeah, it should be fun. I'm really enjoying it. Looks good. Yeah. Cool. I think we're good. Wrap it up. Any more questions from anyone? Uh, no, not from me. No, no, I'm good, thanks. All good right. from my side. Good. Enjoy right, the well, training, guys. Yeah, Thank episode you. one. We'll uh, be back in March. Cool. Yeah. To get a, a February take, and we'll get a bit more even specific with training. So we'll talk about what we've really been doing. Um, yeah, I'm, I think so. I start my 16 week program by then. So. Yep. Cool. So everybody will be fully accountable, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. All right. Sounds good. good chatting. Awesome. Thanks. See you guys. Thanks everyone. See ya. Yeah. Cheers. This episode of the Stimulate Run podcast is brought to you in partnership with Aqualite. Aqualite is a product which supports effective hydration through rapid absorption. It's formulated to replace electrolytes lost through sweat and is Australian owned and operated.